Welcome back to another episode of Sips with the Tips, a podcast about savouring the sip, whether that's coffee, cocktails, whiskey, wine or whatever. My name's Nikki. I'm Daniel. And we are the Tips. Welcome along, episode six of Sips with the Tips. Not going to lie, it's been a, a wee bit of a, a challenging week. I've been on the early shifts at work. I've got a couple more days of them next week. 4 a.m. starts. Man, I am knackered. <laughs> How are you finding me getting up really early? Do I wake you? Sometimes. The first yeah. few times, yeah, but now I'm like out cold. I feel like I'm normally quite stealth getting out of the room, getting into a routine of like getting my clothes out the night before and stuff. It's gross. Other than that, though, it's been a pretty ordinary week, right? Yeah, pretty plain. It rained quite a bit, so yeah, not yeah, much to report been here. been a nice weekend, but other than that, not really a huge deal to report. So, look, we'll move on. We'll get into it for another day. Um, okay, Sunday sip for today. Going to get stuck straight into this one. Uh, it's a beautiful wine that we've chosen out for today's episode, and this is a wine that we never intended to buy, did we? <laughs> is that not the story with a lot of our wines? <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, this one here, we were at the Riverside Market, which if you haven't been there, it's in Christchurch in Canterbury, New Zealand. It's a beautiful wee spot. We went there for the first time... <sighs> Two, maybe oh, three months, months ago. ago. Now, yeah. yeah, just had a weekend down that way, popped along to this market, heard good things about it, and it was sensational. What I loved is we walked in, you walk past all these food stalls, and then right smack bang, front and center, a small wine producer has a table set up there, and they were doing free samples. So that pulled us over. Of yeah, course it did. Always. Tried a bit of their range. Liked some of it, bought some bottles. One of them we've plucked out for today's episode. This is an aromatic white grape. Uh, it's a grape that can range from dry to sweet. I personally think it's quite an underrated grape, and um, I find often quite misunderstood as well. People have a lot of perceptions in their head about what this wine should taste like. But Nikki, today our Sunday sip is... It is the 2021 Riesling from Mischief Wines. So as Daniel mentioned, they are a small wine producer run by Adam and Anna, who are based down in North Canterbury, New Zealand. Wiper, I think it is. Uh, what I loved was when we got chatting to them, we were like, you know, so do you, what, what do you do there? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm the winemaker. Yeah, and he was running the stall that day. Yeah, yeah real yeah. matter-of-factly. I was like, okay, great. That is about as hands-on as you can get. So yeah, we tried a couple of their wines um, when we were there, and we ended up walking away with a Riesling, which we've got today, and I believe a Pinot Noir, yeah, Pinot Noir the as well. So yeah, we'll try that another time, but we'll get stuck into that shortly. That's our Sunday sip for today. And today's topic is, it's been a bit of fun over the last week. We mentioned this in last week's uh, podcast, and we did it across the week that was. We have been asking questions on Instagram, simple this or that. So we'll get into that halfway through the episode. As well as that, Nikki, you've got some uh, delightful news stories for us. You want to tell us about them? Yep. So Pernod Ricard GTR is working to reduce their own carbon footprint. And there were some spooky happenings this week at a Bedfordshire pub and also reporting on the wine theft of the century. Yeah, some great stories there. And as well as that, uh, well, we're not going to have so much uh, feedback or questions in this part of the show today because that's the basis of the episode is the this or that. But we did have one question coming come through during the week, which is always delightful to get. And if you do have any questions on the topic of drinks or anything really, just send them through to us. We're at Sips with the Tips on Instagram. And we did get a message midway through the week from Laura, 
who said, I don't know if you saw this one, Nick, but she wants to get into whiskey. She must have listened to, I think, maybe that first episode where we yeah, talked about the best beginner whiskeys. Said she wants to get into it but can't handle it straight, which I understand. Like, it's a strong liquor. It's uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. understandable. Uh, want, wants to know, what's the best whiskey for easing in slowly and do have any tips to kind of get into whiskey drinking? And we chatted about this before. And yes, we do have some tips, don't we? Um, I'll put one forward first. Something that I think we mentioned in that first episode, which was about the Dalwinnie Winters Gold, mm-hmm. uh, really, really nice to have straight out of the freezer. And really, you can try that with with most whiskies, right? They're not going to freeze because they're, they're alcohol. Uh, but what it can do is it lowers the temperature and brings out the sweetness in quite a lot of drams. So makes them feel way more syrupy as well, does, I think, which yeah. kind of like removes that burn sensation well, from your head, the connotations, so right? yeah. Because of the cold, it, yeah, definitely does make it a lot more palatable. So that would be kind of my tip, but you've got a couple more? Yeah, even just find a good mixer. Like, there's no shame in just mixing for a while. Mm. And, like, I love ginger ale with quite a lot of different whiskeys, and you can kind of work it over time and maybe just reduce the quantity of yeah. mixer that you have and get yourself more used to the flavour. For sure. A lot of people default to, like, Coke or Pepsi, eh? But I, I personally find that a bit too sweet. I think something like ginger yeah. uh, or even, like, tonic something, like, can be quite a – it's a bit more neutral, you know? Yeah. yeah. I just don't really like Coke that much, so I think no. that's why I always revert to ginger or, like, laminate even, mm, I prefer. For sure. Um, uh, and in terms of kind of whiskies that are good to mix with, um, like there's re- not really a shortage of them. Any blend um, yeah. is going to be good. You don't need to break the bank with this one. Um, like you can just go for some quite inexpensive stuff. You got any examples? Even like that, something like Monkey Shoulder that literally yeah. was like developed for cocktails and mixing. Mm. Like just go on for that. And I think yeah. it's what, like 35, 40 pound? Oh yeah, it's pretty inexpensive. Yeah. Um, Johnny Walker can be another good one. And uh, one that... We've, I don't, you've not tried no, Glen Orangie X. No, I've not either, but it's one that's, it's piqued my interest for a while. I think it's a new-ish product from Glen Orangie. Uh, it's one that they designed with a, correct me if I'm wrong here, but with a bunch of bartenders specifically for mixing. Yeah, yeah. They designed it with bartenders in mind as like one for mixology. Yeah. So a few options there, but look, I'd, I'd say just have fun with it. Don't overthink it. Just buy something that like, I don't know, just you like the packaging of and just, Chuck it in with some ginger ale and a bit of ice and lime or something. Squeeze a lime, yeah. Yeah, and you can't really go too wrong. Just develop a taste for it, and before you know it, you'll be on to the straight stuff and really starting to geek out about it like we do. Or if you don't even ever get to drinking it straight, that's cool. That's Just enjoy it fun. how you enjoy it. Totally. Nothing wrong with that. Right, I'm going to go and, um, oh, I was going to say uncork, but it's a New Screw Zealand top. wine, so unscrew that uh, mischief wine, and we will be back shortly. Okay, two glasses of Mischief Riesling poured out, and might I say, folks, he has done it again. I don't know why or how, but I swear to God, I have this superpower where when I'm pouring out wine, for some reason, in two glasses, I always get equivalent volume in the glass, like it's always lined up perfectly. I don't, I genuinely don't know how I do it. It's bizarre. I it's wasn't even trying. It's not just wine as well. It's really annoying. He can do it with like smoothies or like coffee yeah. or something as well. It's bonkers. I didn't even try and I looked at them. I was like, oh my God, he's done it again. Anyway, moving on. We're talking about this bottle of Mischief Riesling and I think it's fair to say, Nick, that what really drew us to these bottles was the design, right? Oh, the label, 100%. We yeah. talked about this a few weeks ago with wine packaging and we called it out for being like 
quite boring. Like, well, not boring, but just like, traditional. It's traditional, right? It, they it say look, what they need to say and nothing more. Yeah, it looks a certain way, and like you pointed out, you know, if you break away from that traditional format, it can be sort of viewed as a bit like yeah. disrespectful and risk taking. Blah blah blah. Now these guys haven't done anything crazy with their bottle design, but I do love the label. Do you want to? I'll pass that over your way. Do you want to talk us through? the mischief label yeah it's just super cute so it's got a little illustration on the front of a bird Mm. which is it native it is native yeah native uh new zealand bird which is a little fantail or a piwaka waka Mm -hmm. and it's got like a little hat on it's kind of like steampunk style eh? like it's got a little helmet with the goggles sort of thing it's pretty sweet artwork and it's got like a little like mock kind of wind up on its back but it's really nicely done. It's got lots of purples and blues through it. And it's just, yeah, quite creative. Maybe yeah. it looks like it's done with a watercolor finish. Yeah. We'll get a photo of it and pop it up on our Instagram at Sips with the Tips. Uh, other than that, the bottle's got a couple of stickers on it. Wine Orbit 93 plus points, which, what does that mean? That's a topic for another episode, I'm sure. And Aotearoa Regional Wine Competition 2021 gold medal winner. So good to know that uh, the critics do seem to like it. Other than that, not really a great deal of information on the label. And I think fair to say, these guys are a small outfit, right? Was it the two of them? Was it Adam and Anna? Yeah, two-man band on their website. I think they list their dog as an employee as well. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I'm not sure if they're like husband, wife or couple or just business partners or whatever, but, you know, just a two-man band. So, like, there's not a great deal of information to be found about them. They've got a website. uh, What is that? Mischiefwithwine.co.nz or an Instagram at mischiefwithwine. Doesn't tell you a great deal else. Their it's business been address beautifully considered though yeah. for being a two man band. Yeah, their business address is listed as Riverside Market, which is quite cool. That's where they, they do the samples and stuff. Remember Adam told us they don't have a cellar door or anything. Mm. So they just like well, that make- is it. Yeah, that's their cellar door. So that would be their trading address. I like the messaging they've got, not on the bottle, but on their website. Oh, no, it is on the bottle as well. So here's what it says. Mischief with wine gets back to the fun, the journey, the joy of making and drinking great wine. So what if a little mischief happens along the way? It's quite like cheeky and playful, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's quite cute. So moving on to the liquid, let's pick that up. We poured it out before, got a good look at it in the light. Quite clear. What else can you say about it? It looks crisp. If you know what I mean? Like I haven't smelt it or tasted it or anything, but I can just tell it's going to be crisp. Yeah, it looks kind of like you'd expect a Riesling to look, right? This is a very popular German grape. It's quite like crisp and clean and clear and it's kind of got those characteristics. It sits pretty light in the glass. Mellow yellow. Do you want to move on to nosing it? I'll give it a quick swirl and just see how it kind of holds onto the glass. Yeah, I'm getting apples so strong on the nose. Yeah. Melon as well. Yeah, it's a little bit citrusy. I get a little bit of lime in there and there's kind of like a butteriness or something right down the back. Do you get that? Like, like not savory, but like creamy almost. No, I get like um, olivani, like fake butter, like that olive-based spread. Yeah. Okay. Not butter. It's more like your vegan butter. I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah. <laughs> like in a good way, though. Yeah, it smells pretty delightful. I'm happy enough with it. Should we move on to having a wee taste? So much lemon and lime. Yeah, you're really getting the citrus notes jumping out. No, like I mean, it tastes a bit like Sprite, but like wine Sprite. Oh yeah, I get what you mean there. It's almost got a kind of like effervescent sort like, of quality to it. Like, give me a glass it. of seven up. I have quite vague memories of when we tried this, just because taking in Riverside Market was quite an overwhelming experience, a very busy sort of food and drink market. It was a market. lot of stimulation. Yeah, a lot to take in. So I don't really remember our first experience with trying this Riesling, but that is... That's pretty good. I can see why we bought a bottle of it. Oh, I do remember, because did we not have a conversation around the residual sugar? Well, that's why I think I love this grape so much, and 
where a lot of the, uh, I mentioned it's quite misunderstood and where a lot of the misconceptions come from. A lot of people think of it as a dessert wine, which mm. it absolutely can be. You can get it to be quite sweet, but it can also be like bone dry. Yeah. So it's got that real range to it that um, a lot of wine grapes don't have the ability to straddle. I really enjoy mm. it. I think it's quite divine. Really happy with that purchase. Uh, do you have any notes from Mischief what they sort of say this wine should taste like? Yeah, so their description of it is lush notes of fresh lime and lemon, mm-hmm. hints of melon and mouth-watering minerality. Okay. A sneaky hit of barrel ferment gives richness and depth balanced with Mischief's typical crisp finish. Yeah, I think that's pretty well on the head. I'm wondering if that sneaky hit of barrel ferment is that kind of creaminess that's added to it. Otherwise, I think we picked up most of that, right? The lemon, lime, melon. Pretty uh, much nailed it, yeah. The lemon and lime was like screaming at me. Mm. What's the um, What's the percentage on this thing? Was it, it's it 12%. Say? 12% and the residual sugar. 16 uh, grams. You did get that off the website, 16 grams per litre. Yeah. So yeah, reasonably sweet, but not overwhelmingly not too much. so. So pretty good. Um, I plucked out some just general details about Riesling. Uh, they say characteristics of lime, green apple, beeswax, uh, which is interesting, jasmine, and petroleum. Can't say I get that what? one. But, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe that sort of medicinal sort of characteristic, I guess. I don't know. Like, no one's drinking petrol, but the smell of it. I didn't pick it up on this one, so I can't comment too much. Beeswax? Mm. But you know what? All in all, pretty damn happy with that. Very tasty. So let's move on to our main topic today, and it's a reasonably fun one. Last week, we asked for your opinions on a range of topics. We mentioned we were going to be running this on our Instagram across the week. We did just that. We asked questions about coffee, about wine, about whiskey about some other spirits and we just basically wanted to know this or that a or b or c or d in some cases and we are delighted to share the results with you today i don't know how you feel but i was very surprised at some of them yeah some of them took me by surprise then some of them i was like yeah i agree so let's just go through these i think one by one uh, and we'll just comment on what we think about them. Mm-hmm. So we'll start off with, uh, I think this is the first one we actually posted. We asked the simple question of long black or flat white. Two coffees, which in hindsight, now I'm looking back on it, that's a very um, antipodean approach to that question because I think the long black and the flat white are both like New Zealand, Australia sort of coffee types. Like you remember in, oh, in the UK, actually, yeah. flat whites only came over to like McDonald's and stuff. Like a couple of years ago, they made a whole deal out of it. Uh, so maybe we could have reworded that to just black coffee or white coffee. Doesn't really matter. Most people knew what we were getting at. Yeah. And the results for that one? So we had 33% in favour of long black and 67% in favour of flat white. So that's a neat two to one, isn't it? Yeah, two yeah. to one. I think that's a pretty good capture of how That's kind of f- what I thought it would be, yeah. Yeah, nothing really groundbreaking there. The next one there I found a little bit more interesting. We asked on the rocks... Or neat for whiskey. And we had 43% saying on the rocks and 57% saying neat. See, I wondered, because we because of the way that we've sort of framed this podcast, right, and we've said, you know, we're talking whiskey, wine, coffee, cocktails, whatever, and we sort of put a lot of pictures of nice whiskeys on Instagram and things. We've got a lot of people following us that are quite into their whiskey and stuff. So I thought that maybe the results would be a bit more skewed in favour of the, uh, I don't want to say whiskey snob, but, you know, just someone that is a bit more considerate about the way they drink their whiskey, right? So I thought Neat was going to absolutely clean up this category, but on the rocks, pretty popular. I kind of thought it would be like this. Okay. Because it just you don't have to only drink whiskey Neat. 
you know, for a tasting. Mm. Yeah, I'd say if you want to taste it, but on the rocks sometimes hits the spot. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. On the rocks absolutely does sometimes hit the spot. I just know a lot of people are quite precious about, oh, no, you only have whiskey this one way. And I just kind of boldly assumed that the people that follow us on Instagram might have felt a bit more strongly that way as well. But no, it just goes to show you can't generalize an audience, can you? Our following are maybe just a little more open-minded. Yeah. The next one we asked, uh, this one here also quite surprised me. We've spoken a little bit about Chardonnay on this podcast, right? It's a, one of those wines that a lot of people feel quite strongly about. They compare it to Catwees is normally the go-to. Uh, a lot of people don't like it, but it turns out actually quite a lot of people do like it. The question was Chardonnay or Chardonnay? And we had a clean 50-50 split. And you might be thinking, oh, maybe only two people voted. I can tell you more than two voted. Uh, more than four voted as well. I, I don't actually know how many voted, but it was, it it was, was a reasonable amount. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, 50-50. So half saying yes, half saying no. Again, surprised me. I thought Chardonnay was going to get flushed out on that one there. I don't know. I feel like people are starting to move past that whole, mm. you know, ABC drinking, anything mm. but Chardonnay. Maybe it's just a bit of an old school mentality that's yeah. stuck a wee bit. Okay, our next question. This one here we had a bit of fun with, didn't we? Um, <laughs> oh, shit. A shot of Sambuca or a slap in the face? This did not surprise me at all. So we had... 37% saying a shot of Sambuca and 63% would prefer a slap in the face. And that didn't surprise you? No, not that at all. That did surprise me. I honestly was expecting about an 80-90% saying, yeah, give me a slap in the face any day. No, you Who thought it'd be higher. fuck drinks Sambuca these days? I have only ever seen it appear when you don't want to see it in a club or a bar. The last time I saw a shot of Sambuca was, um, and I'm going to call him out, my friend Kyle over oh, in Edinburgh, yeah. at our wedding... Mine and your wedding, not mine and Kyle's. Yeah, uh, Kyle I mean, was well, there. you never know. Kyle was there <laughs> as a guest, right? And um, people were buying us drinks throughout the night, as, as tends to happen at a wedding. And at one point, quite late in the night, he turned up with a tray of Sambuca shots. And at that point, I, I didn't even to, know the venue had Sambuca. I questioned it. Kyle, if you're listening to this, I questioned everything in that moment. I was like, who is this man? <laughs> I didn't take it, but you felt obliged to, right? Oh, well, everyone said no to him and his little face. He looked yeah. so sad. I was like, okay, Kyle, I'll have one. But to his credit, earlier in the night, he did send a shot to the table for you and I, and it was a baby Guinness, and that was bloody that delightful. That was well received, so yeah. He, that, that was a redeeming quality of, of the um, shot purchases that night. Enough about Sambuca. I feel sick already. The next question, simply, red wine or white wine? So this one was quite a close one, but we had 59% for red and 41% for white. Is that surprising? I don't know. That one there probably varies at different times of year. We're obviously in the throes of winter in New Zealand at the moment. Our friends, in the U friends and family in the UK and a bit of a heat wave, so they're probably going to be leaning a bit more to white than we would be in the middle of winter. So I need to look at the demographic split on that one before I can comment with any real authority. <laughs> uh, you know, I love my data. He I do. I love data. my data. So what am I meant to say? Okay, another one that was quite generalistic, uh, stout versus lager. So that was 19% for stout and 81% for lager. Yeah, and we specifically had a photo of a Guinness there, and I happen to know that our audience, we do have a, a few people on our Instagram channel from Ireland, so probably felt a bit patriotic about that one there. Is that fair? Not they had to vote for Guinness. Yeah. Well, you would, wouldn't you? I mean, I did. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I won't lie, I did too. I bloody <laughs> love a pint of Guinness. Uh, but yeah, 19 versus 81 for that. So Lago with the uh, with the whitewash of that one there. Do you want to know a fun fact about Lager? Until the age of, I think, about 23, I thought there was an R after the A in Lager. Lager. I thought it was Lager. Yeah, I can understand that. And I said it like that to so many people for so long. And then eventually I was called out. How did you eventually get found out? Did someone just say, why are you... No, I think someone was just brutally like, you're saying that wrong. Oh, <laughs> that would do it. I tried for ages to be like, it's my accent. And they were like, it's not. The next question, pina colada or getting caught in the rain? This one was obviously a bit of a joke, but uh, good to see that a few people got on board with it. The results did make me laugh. 46% want a pina colada and 54% want to get caught in the rain. Now, I'm wondering, did people get on board with that because it was obviously just a bit of a joke and they thought, ah, okay, yeah, getting caught in the rain, I see what you're doing there. Or do people actually not like pina coladas? I can't tell. A lot of people say that a pina colada tastes like sun cream. I quite like that. Okay, I can get it smells like sun, like the coconutiness of it, but they're bloody delicious. I love them. They're quite heavy, though. And mm. I, on- I would only ever want one on a beach, like somewhere sunny. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, I can't remember the last time I had a pina colada, so maybe I actually hate them now. I'm not sure. I think the last time was on a beach somewhere sunny. Mm. This has been good. Though. Like Just going through these, it does kind of make you reminisce a wee bit on some of these drinks. Our next one, uh, kind of in a similar vein to Chardonnay versus Chardonnay, tequila or tequila na. And we have 62% saying yeah and 38% saying nah. Another one that surprised me there. I thought that, you know, tequila is one of not many spirits. Sambuca is definitely one of them. Tequila, I would think, is another one that a lot of people have less than fond memories of. It's because they're always the chosen shot for people when they're when, drunk usually. yeah well, when you're a student generally yeah. you get a cheap tray you're drinking of, not very nice tequila <laughs> yeah and then you know chase it down with some salt and some lime and then wake up with a wicked dehydration hangover um so i thought actually a lot of people would be like no i can't drink that stuff but maybe palates have developed a wee bit in recent years a lot of people are actually quite in favor of it now 62 percent surprising stuff our next question instant coffee or Starbucks. So here we had 33% saying they preferred instant and 67% saying Starbucks. And this question was my idea mainly because I just wanted to see if people were going to follow my train of thought and just shit on Starbucks a wee bit. Uh, didn't quite get the desired result, no, but didn't. look, a, two to, a, a one to two, I will take that as a win. <laughs> Our final question, and this one was a four-way based question. We put four pictures of whiskey and the question was simply... Scottish, Irish, Japanese, or other? And I think out of all of these questions, this one probably surprised me the most. Do you want to give us the results? So we had 48% in favour of Scottish, which was the leader, 44% in favour of Irish, 8% for Japanese, and no one for other. That's the part that surprised me. Actually, two... Three parts of this surprised me. I thought Scottish was going to like clean sweep this. Mm. And I mean, they won. So credit there. I thought Japanese was going to rate a lot higher. Yeah, because same. Japanese whiskey is dynamite. And I really thought someone would champion something from India or America or England. England, that Cotswold stuff yeah. that people bloody love. Um, even Australia and New Zealand uh, are getting quite well-liked uh, in the whiskey world now. So I really thought someone would have leaned in on other, but unsurprisingly, Scottish won. But Irish was actually 
bloody neck and neck with it for quite a while, right? Yep, they held their own pretty well. But to be fair, there are some like huge big names in Irish whiskey that mm. are like crowd favourites. Mm. Like you'd walk into any home and think you'd probably see a bottle of Jameson or something yeah. like that. And a lot of interesting stuff coming out of the Emerald Isle as well now, like um, Waterford Distillery. We've got a bottle of it in the cupboard, still unopened actually. Really intriguing stuff they're doing with kind of terroir and some of the interesting like um, farming methods and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm not really surprised that it was up there. I did expect Scottish to be a wee bit further ahead. But, yeah, that's the way these things go. You can't always pick the results. So, in summary, a few surprises there. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, the winner was just having a bit of a laugh, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really entertaining throughout the week, posting yeah. up those wee guys. Thoroughly enjoyed that. So, thank you to everyone that did take part in our wee, uh, our wee game, our wee experiment of this or that. It was quite a delight seeing the results coming in and just watching you know over the course of the day I know I was doing it I know you yeah. were doing it too just checking in on it and seeing how the results were moving and shifting so yeah again thank you very much I imagine we will do it again in future uh, once we build up another week reserve of questions And it's time now for our booze and brews news for the week. Nikki's plucked out a few interesting news stories from the world of drinks. Nikki, what's making news today? Pernod Ricard, GTR, which is global travel retail. Mm-hmm. So that is basically anything in airports and duty freeze mm-hmm. and sort of anything you can purchase throughout the travel experience. Cruise ships? Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. probably would be on there. Um, but they have debuted an eco-gift tool, which basically analyzes the carbon footprint of a gift with purchase, which is something that's quite a big trend within global travel retail is like, you know, when you go and you buy something whilst yeah. you're at the airport and you get that wee free gift alongside yeah. it. Buy this bottle of Jamison's and we'll give you a fucking umbrella. Yes, yeah. stuff like yeah. that. So basically this new eco-gift tool assesses the full life cycle of a gift with purchase. So that's from like raw material, packaging like provenance and the certification through to the manufacturing and the energy usage as well and even the transport it incurs to produce this product and basically they have a traffic light scoring system that's used to test whether that product needs to be reworked or not so if it's going to be more impactful than it should be the irony of this isn't lost on you right yeah 100 percent. yeah like we're talking about the carbon footprint of gifts yeah, free for gifts. global travel retail. retail. Yeah, so yeah, these, yeah. The, we're selling the, we're giving these gifts to jet setters, yes. basically. And yep. we're worried about the carbon footprint. Credit to them. It's a step in the right direction, right? Yeah, but, they've um, they've boasted a thirty four percent reduction in the carbon footprint of a new trolley bag by transforming it from rigid to foldable, and each trolley bag is now made up of recycled plastic bottles. Which I guess, like, that's a good thing. It's a step in the right direction, yeah. but also. I think there's other areas to reduce your carbon footprint. Yeah, it's um, kind of the first step of a marathon that they've got ahead of them a wee bit, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. But still, they're trying. Mm. Next up, we have a ghost was captured on camera at a 300-year-old Bedfordshire pub. So okay. I watched this video. Yeah, did and you see it? Yeah. Oh. So basically, a bottle of beer was captured on camera shooting off a shelf behind the bar onto the floor with no member of staff nearby, like it's caught on CCTV. So it created a mess behind the till while the rest of the bottles all stood like completely still. Mm. The pub manager also said that the bar staff were so spooked out afterwards and they felt chills the whole evening. Now we've got a few friends that kind of lean into into the sort of ghost stuff and they get quite interested in the supernatural probably need to show presences that to them. and spirits not ghost stuff daniel i um 
I don't want to say too much about it. <laughs> it's not, it's not something that I can really get on board with personally. This uh, though, I'll, I need to I need to watch. The I'll video. find the video yeah, and I'll post it on our Instagram story. Is it like really shitty quality? No, okay. It's like good quality CCTV. Okay, okay, okay. You see this bottle flying off with nothing around it. It spills on the floor. And there's like beer everywhere. And then the per bar staff member comes around the corner and is like, what on earth okay. happened? I need to watch the video. It's just like, you know, often with these things, like when they capture ghosts or Bigfoot or UFO, for some reason, the photo always looks like it was taken with a goddamn potato or something. Nokia 32 yeah, 10 or something. Yeah, they didn't always even have a camera actually quality. scrap that. Yeah, I'll take a look at it and I'll keep open-minded. How that's, that's the best I can promise. What's next? This is a story I love. A Mexican beauty queen has been arrested in connection with the wine theft of the century. So this is basically after a nine-month police chase across Europe, a former Mexican beauty queen has been arrested over the theft of £1.3 million worth of wine from a Michelin star restaurant in Spain. She, along with an accomplice, stole 45 bottles of wine and police said that it had the hallmarks of of a professional job. It was revealed that the couple had visited the restaurant three times Mm -hmm. to plan this uh, theft before undertaking it. And the couple, so their kind of approach was they dined in the restaurant and they requested a tour of the wine cellar, which I imagine is commonly done in a Michelin-starred restaurant like that. And then the woman later distracted a member of staff by requesting more food after the kitchen had closed. So obviously that caused a bit of drama. And at this point, the man made his way to the wine cellar, used a master key to enter, so he must have slyly stolen that at some point throughout the evening, and made it off with three backpacks full of highly valuable wine. So... Okay, a couple of takeaways here. Stealing 45 bottles of wine and three backpacks. That's already impressive enough. 15, Big backpacks. That's a heavy backpack. But that's 1.3 million pounds of wine. That's some expensive wine. Well, apparently some of the bottles were like collector's editions. Well, These were hundreds be. of years old. They were kind of like family heirlooms. I read a little bit of an interview with the owner of the Michelin star restaurant who was like, my family inheritance has been affected by this theft. Wow. Basically, after the night of the theft, the couple left Spain the following day mm-hmm. and they left no trace of themselves in their hotel room. It had been clean sweeped for mm. DNA crazy and then they were eventually identified by the Croatian border guards as they attempted to cross from Montenegro and this I'll repeat again was nine months after the original theft that they got caught I give it 12 months before the movie rights are sold to this heist. I did, when I was reading it, I was like, this would make an amazing it, film. It sounds like you just read me the plot for like the latest from Universal or something like that. It's quite interesting. Thank you very much, Nikki, for today's booze and brews news. Enjoyed those. I particularly enjoyed that last one there. I love a good heist. Moving on to the last part of the show, which is where we set a question for the week ahead. Now, I'm going to give you a wee sneak peek into next week's episode. I kind of already mentioned this on an Instagram post that we did a couple of days ago, put up a picture of our bottle of uh, Rasse whiskey, right? Mm -hmm. And said, absolutely in love with this bottle design, which is true. We both do appreciate a good bottle design, particularly that one. And we said, there's going to be an episode soon where we're going to uh, talk about the importance of design and packaging. Now that episode is coming up quite possibly next week. So the question that we're going to ask this week is going to be around the topic of the best designed bottles. Not necessarily of whiskey, gin, wine, 
vodka, tequila, anything. Anything goes, really. But we're going to have a few design-themed questions for the week ahead. If you're not following us already, we are at Sips With The Tips on Instagram. And, of course, we do welcome any feedback, any questions, anything at all that you want to get involved with. Jump up on there and get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. And that's the last call bell for episode six of Sips with the Tips. And before we wrap things up, as always, want to say an enormous thank you to you for listening along, for taking part in the questions throughout the week, and basically for just giving us an audience to talk about something that we're very passionate about. If you have enjoyed the show, you can follow us at Sips with the Tips, or if you want to, and we would bloody love it if you would, just leave us a wee rating or something. Um, I imagine it helps in some way. Maybe it makes us come up higher on the search results or podcast SEO. I mean, it can't make us come any lower. No, well, that's true, yeah. And look, if nothing else, it makes us feel pretty good. So <laughs> any comments, any questions, anything at all, we would genuinely love to hear it. Today's show was brought to you by questioning the very nature of your friendship when your friend arrives to the table with a tray of Sambuca shots. Sips with the Tips is written, recorded and produced by us. Theme music by all good folks via upbeat.io. Keep in contact at our website, sipswiththetips.com or through our Instagram at sipswiththetips. And as always, sip sensibly, savour the sip, and we'll see you next Sunday. Mm-hmm.